I didn't sign up for this. My parents had sex and here I am. Thanks. Nothing more than a genetic accident as far as I'm concerned. Hey there, my name is Sean and this is Suicide Noted. On this podcast, I talk with suicide attempt survivors so that we can hear their stories. Every year around the world, millions of people try to take their own lives and we almost never talk about it. And when we do talk about it, many of us, including me, aren't very good at it. So one of my goals with this podcast is to have more conversations and hopefully better conversations with attempt survivors. I am going to keep trying. Now, we're talking about suicide, so this may not be a good fit for everybody. Please take that into account before you listen. But I do hope you listen because there is so much to learn. If you are a suicide attempt survivor and you'd like to share your story, I would love to talk. Please reach out. Hello at SuicideNoted.com or on Facebook or Twitter at SuicideNoted. As always... I want to thank all of our attempt survivors who have joined me on this podcast to talk so openly and so courageously. And of course, to everybody who listens to the podcast, whether this is your first time or you started listening way back in July of last year or whenever else, thank you for your support. Today, I am talking with Max. Max lives in Ohio and he is a suicide attempt survivor. Hey, Max. How you doing, man? Not the best if I'm here, I gotta say. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be pretty straightforward there. Yes, I feel, I understand that. Not gonna sugarcoat this one little bit. Nope, but you're not dead. Mr. Max in uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, why did you reach out to me to talk? And I'm glad you did, but I'm wondering why. You're willing to listen was the main focal points. This is right. not a subject that anyone that hasn't been there likes to discuss. They're very much on a cloud. They'll figure mm-hmm. out their own ways to deal with it, but you seem pretty open-minded and in fact, invite the subject. And I'm sure you're very well aware of your own podcast of what this is mm-hmm. to most people. And it should anyone wonder why your podcast would be where they should go. We are here to tell you why. So mm. don't question that later when you finally see what we've been trying to show you this whole time. You know, mm. ignorance is bliss until you see the reality. Mm-hmm. All right. You have tried to kill yourself. Yes. Yes. How many times? Three. Three. Three clear times. Yep. All right. You want to just go through them and and, and in as much detail as you're comfortable sharing? Yeah, of course. So, Um, I don't know. My psyche was, for the most part, fractured in 2002, 2003, in third grade. That's when reality was very much clear cut. And mind you, this is nine, ten years old. Mm -hmm. I very vividly remember being taken to a psychiatrist. My parents dragged me there once they realized what was going on and this question that was prompted will be there forever, but if your house was burning down and this is to a kid. What would you get 
from the burning house. And most kids, you know, they have something that they want, right? Mm-hmm. I told them nothing, and that mortified them and my parents. So that was 2002. The first attempt was in 2009. And granted, this is very inexperienced. You have an idea, but it's never clear cut. Unfortunately, life just mm-hmm. doesn't work that way. First attempt was my best shot of carbon monoxide. Got home from school early. No one was home. You know, parents worked, sisters at school. Put my car in the garage, closed the door, started it up. And while I'm waiting there impatiently for my eventual closure. Unfortunately, the thought of my sister coming home, because she would have came home like an hour later. The thought of her finding me was like, oh, God, I can't do that. Younger. Yes. Yes. Younger. Yeah. Right. She's like a couple years younger. So I'm like mm-hmm. sitting there in the car or in the garage space with the exhaust. I'm like, I just can't, I can't have this happen. I can't have her find me. So as she was getting off the bus, unfortunately, timing was just inconvenient. So as I'm starting to feel lightheaded and dizzy, I opened the garage and that was that. Nobody knew anything. Nothing mm-hmm. happened as far as anyone else is concerned. Life goes on as usual, right? Then we go to 2011. Now, 2011 was now I learned from my experience in the first attempt. So this time we're going to go a step further. And I decided to, okay, carbon monoxide clearly wasn't going to be the way to go. So I will do pills. Now I was rock bottom here. I was done. And my mental state has always been pretty much flat. I'm just a very pessimistic, negative cloud over my head. That's just Mm -hmm. generalized me anyway. So pills and sleeping pills was the second attempt, 2011. I'm not trying to condone or, you know, give anybody any ideas. Nothing ever works out the way you intended it to anyway. So to each his own. So I decided maybe 10 painkillers and 10 sleeping pills. Told one of my friends at school. And by the end of the day, the school knew, the principal knew, my parents knew, (laughs) everybody knew. So when I got home, I'm like, okay, this is it. Uh, Life pretty much sucked. Relationship was dead. Um, So I did take the 10 painkillers, but at the very last moment, I decided to leave the sleeping pills out of it. And again, people were busy in my family. So mom's at work and dad came home early. But by that point, I was I was ready to go. And I thought it would be an easy way out. It really did. I'm like, okay, go to bed. That's it. Uh, so I did take them. And as I took them, I wanted to go to bed. But my dad came home. I'm like, not again. I can't have him find me. This, is, this isn't for them. This is for me, right? And I ended up staying awake for the entire process. We ended up cooking dinner, felt fine, but again, didn't get the end results. So that was unfortunately another miss. And you just kind of turn into a robot and you go into this limbo state where you're living for everyone else but yourself. I mean, that's the ultimate for you. That's the ultimate sacrifice for them because God forbid you drag them into that. Uh, The third attempt, seven years later in 2011, uh, I tend to find this experience like a boiling pot scenario where you're just on a stove and the fire is rising and you just suppress and suppress and bury it and disguise it and mask it, band-aid on it until you eventually reach your limit to the point where I've cared enough 
to this point about what the effects will be on my family and friends. But at this point, the only one living through this is me. Third attempt was, again, 2018. Um, this time around, again, as you go through these processes, you learn more and more ways that are more bene- more catered to being a success. So third time was hanging out. So <laughs> in a manner of speaking, hanging yourself was a pretty uh, clear-cut way to go. Mm. And the feeling is rather quick, very much immediate, you know, lack of oxygen and all your brain and body kind of need that. So once you cut that off, there's really nowhere else to go. Okay. So the scene is I prep. I'm very methodical. Everything is, I'm not going to leave anything to chance. So we go down, we get ready. I'm, I'm there and I'm starting to pass out. I'm alone. That's the ideal scenario. Again, I don't know why this happens, but just as I'm starting to pass out, the door opens upstairs and it's my sister and her boyfriend at Mm. the time. And they're walking around. Now, my car is outside, so they know I'm there, but, you know, they're just there to collect a few things. And then they left. But the moment had already passed. And again, I don't want her to discover me. So we're back to 2011 or 2009, sorry. And again, after that moment passed, I'm like, okay, fine. And then it's the strangest thing. You just go upstairs and pretend like nothing happened. Like it's all normal. Like, okay, this mm. is where we are again, square one. Mm. And that was in 2018. So it sounds like the 2010s really sucked for you. Yes, uh, they were turbulent at best. But again, you know, you just you put a Band-Aid on it. You mask it. You put on a facade and you play the good little human and yeah. do what society expects out of you. You go through the motions. You pay to play. That's all that's expected out of you. So to this day, how many human beings know of any of your attempts? Other than me, of course. One that understands and has been there and is very much volatile, but he's more of the free spirit. I want to live and I want to make sure that nobody else goes down there while the other one is on cloud nine and has never thought a day in his life about how crappy this deal is. So are these friends or therapists? Yeah, these, or- these are friends. Therapists okay. are vampires. <laughs> okay. So I was going to ask you, I, you know, you've heard the podcast, you probably hear the similar questions. Absolutely. So you've not gotten, quote unquote, professional help. They've tried. They've okay. tried. But right. you uh, said when you were very young, you mentioned, that. I don't know. since. Mm-hmm. Then. Yeah, they put me with a therapist and a psychiatrist. But mm-hmm. again, I think they're vampires. They just feed it off of misery and they suck mm-hmm. you dry and they've got 10 other people that they're doing this to and you think yeah, they're yeah. special and they give you these platitudes and ultimatums and how special and great life is yada 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 but they're getting paid to do this what's your favorite platitude do you have one i don't have a favorite they all suck yeah it's no bueno um i mean you're finding a very specific needle in the largest freaking haystack on earth good yeah. luck so so your sister doesn't know even though she was Almost at two of them. <sighs> yeah, she does not know. And God forbid you ever bring it up. She's very happy-go-lucky. Life is great. 
mm-hmm. kind of person. That, I mean, these kind the people that have something to live for and want to live, there is no explaining your side of the story, whatever story that may be, even if you have one. I mean, mm-hmm. ultimately, it's all unjustifiable. Mm-hmm. There's no rational explanation for people in my situation. There's right. nothing right. you can say that will. It's a, it's a very tough sell. If it's a sell at all, yeah. <laughs> if it's a sell at all, it's just not going to land with most people. You're right. I think I appreciate your candor here. You're not dilly dallying here. If my math is correct, you're in your late 20s, about. Yeah, I recently turned 28, which all right. is unfathomable to me. I so are you going to make it to 29 or maybe even, dare I ask, 30? That's an impossible question. Fair. You want to believe you don't, but. For these situations, you're not an idiot. You know the fallout of your actions. You do. It's monumental to those that care about you, even if it's for a short time and lasting effect is permanent on their lives. Even if you know they're in their late 60s, there's nothing you can do that'll take the last 30 years of their life to make it better. I mean, it's a lose-lose situation. You have to live for them. And you had mentioned that when you were a kid, uh, you went to a therapist. I bring that up because I'm wondering, like, do you think you were just sort of born a certain way and it's really hard to not be that way? And that way, from what you said, is kind of like someone who's tried argument. three times and my, you know, is, is, isn't is sure of his future. It's a tough argument. You, I can't accurately or coherently articulate whether it's nature or nurture. I can't say if this is genetics or some like, I don't know how much I told you, but I was adopted. Okay. I did not know that. The life I had pre-adoption was not good. This isn't a sad story or anything, but it is what it is. I was very much broken as a child before I went into the orphanage. And then the orphanage did its part on me before my parents that I'm with now adopted me and, you know, Mm. molded me into the family. And how old were you when you were adopted? Uh, Eight. Oh, okay. Almost nine. That's not the same as six months. No, no, it's okay. not. I had a hell of a life prior, and I don't right. know and can't accurately say that that impacted. And no, if you tell this to anybody else, they're like, don't live in your past. Don't blame your past. Just focus on your future. Think of the now. It's like, uh, you know, when a base is broken and you put it back together, the cracks remain. The foundation yeah. is not as solid as it once was, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know who those people are, and there are plenty of them. You're right. I just, it's hard not to listen to them, but man, I try to not listen to that silliness. But uh, hey. So, you know, one of the questions I often ask is, what do you want to say to the people who are listening? And and sometimes it's like sort of positive ish stuff, and sometimes it's not, and whatever. I'm gauging that you, you don't necessarily have a message per se to whomever might be listening, but tell me if I'm wrong. This is all very subjective. Everyone is going to interpret and extrapolate in their own ways. And even if I told them the best possible advice, it's Mm -hmm. only scratching the surface of what the underlying factors are that lead you down this path. I have nothing to say to these people they are out on their own accord i can't possibly imagine what i could say that could make them feel or experience anything differently it's too subjective to give opinions of one of the questions i have is is the why behind it all 
Like why? Why? Because life is corrosive, corruptive. In my own humble opinion, society yeah. forces you to live, especially people in my position. In your previous podcast, I mean, there's so much to talk about, and I know I'm not even making a dent in where this could go and what this could mean, but unfortunately, yeah, it is what it is. But schools are nothing more than worker factories, man. They pump employees out into the system and they expect them to work for 60, 80, 90 years of their lives in one specific field or another, depending on whether they choose to broach into another topic, whatever keeps them alive and whatever keeps them working and whatever keeps them supplanting themselves so they can generate another generation of workers. It's just so nauseating to me. I can't stand it i mean money in general is just such a freaking toxic way of controlling and manipulating our lives i mean the rich don't give a crap about the poor and the poor i mean they have no chance man and that's the that's kind of where we are you have to reach a justifiable age to die you cannot do it early society says Okay, you're 90, you've worked all your life, you've given everyone, you've made children that they will make. And so, okay, we're good with you. And, and I'm not saying whether they have cancer or whether they got hit by a bus. I mean, I mean, people would rather you get shot, get hit by a bus, fall yes. off a cliff. They would yes. rather, they need an explanation. They need a rational, justifiable reason for mm -hmm. you to die in order to accept it suicide mm -hmm. no you're being selfish you are exploiting your family and friends emotions you're being a burden on them maybe the other side of the coin for people in my position is they're more or less a burden on me because now i have to feel forced to be alive for them mm -hmm. not for mm -hmm. myself mm -hmm. and again I have to have a job that I do for X amount of years in order to finally die. Are you kidding me? That's life. I mean, yeah, you might have splashes of fun here and there. You might do this, that, or the other, but all of it is a band-aid, a masking agent to keep you going. If you enjoy life and you want to live, then you're going to do it. And you're going to continuously pump your energy and time into the economy just to keep yeah. the wheels turning. Are you fucking out of your mind? <laughs> this is life. So wait, do you have any idea or have you given thought to, and I don't mean to ask why and why and why and why you did death, but like, why are we so weird about suicide? I, you know, I think some of it probably has to do with sort of religious influence, but I'm sure it's not just that. Do you have any thoughts? Like that is truly the taboo of taboos, right? Suicide. There's no rationale. There's no explanation when it comes to suicide. It is a subjective, selfish, personal act. And a lot of people feel robbed of you when you do this. But like, again, no one asks why until until after the fact. You can give them all the signs and clues all live long day. So long as you're present, they don't really care, nor do they want to hear it when you try to tell them. They don't care. So in your day-to-day -day life, are you do you do you present and sort of fake it well? Or do people in your life around you know Max is not the happiest dude in the world? Oh, 
Oh, I don't sugarcoat a damn thing. I tell them exactly how it is. I am the worst person for them to be around. And not because I'm a bad guy. I'm not homicidal, blah, 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 blah. It's just, I'm very, I'm real on the negatives of life. I tell it how it is if I'm having a crappy day. I mean, if you don't, that's the, I mean, especially when this comes to customer service, but when people ask you how you are, there is a specific answer in mind that they want. Yeah. You tell them anything out of that bubble of what their expectation is, the conversation is lost and you are just written off. Yes, this is true. How many people have ever asked you, hey, Max, are you considering killing yourself? Zero. Never happened. Not once. I mean, they don't. They don't want yeah. to approach that subject. That's farthest thing from their mind it's like yeah he's sad but he doesn't want to die are you kidding me that's against the law of nature your human body wants you to stay alive there's no way he could possibly want to do that and, you know it's unfathomable to them there's no way what are your days like i'm a you know a nice little robot that's employed and works my 12-hour shifts for the greediest overlord in the world <laughs> yeah, yeah delivering pointless Christmas presents to people that have an insatiable appetite for garbage. You live alone? No, I've got a roommate. He's the happy-go-lucky friend. He knows how I feel, but he doesn't want to hear it either. So you have to fake it and pretend and keep to the status quo for as long as you can. And so when you're not working, what are you like? Are you just chilling? Are you drinking and drugging? Are you oh, on no. No, 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 no. I'm an anomaly um, as far as my therapist at the time was concerned. It's like you don't drink, you don't smoke, you don't do drugs. You are just a human being that's completely sober, normal, rational, and you know what you want to do. You know how you're going to do it. The only thing that's stopping you is because you're sane and rational, you know, you know, the effect you're going to have on your family, yada, 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 you only stick around for them. My days, I don't know. I mean, I go hiking, mountain biking, but all of these are just band-aids. They're all just manipulative tactics to keep you supplanted. I don't know. They just yeah. keep you here. I mean, I don't know, video games, movies, you know, but all of this is alone. I'm 1000% alone. I'm very active. I'm athletic. I run. I do everything happy people tell you to do to yes. no avail. It does nothing for me. It's nothing. Just, Not even like in the moment of a runner's high or even in that moment. It's a means to an end. I mean, the inevitability of time is going to catch up to you tomorrow, later, whenever. Why wait? I don't want to wait. I'm just bored. Life is not exciting it's a fabrication of what your or society's idealistic principles are to you so the reason that you've not tried again from what you've shared is that a handful of people in your life would be really affected yeah and i'm not trying to advocate that if you don't have friends or family it's okay and some people in those positions are they could never think of this this is not a way out for them they want to live and like i said those people have something to live for they want to Life is an adventure to them. They want to see what's next and what can happen. They don't want to just, okay, I quit. I'm out. And this isn't, I quit. This is, I didn't sign up for this. My parents had sex and here I am. Thanks. I'm just right. nothing more than a genetic accident as far as I'm concerned. And in your case, you're, you don't know your parents, right? No, no, mm -hmm. I don't. Mother died when I was one. Father went into the bottle and his girlfriend took it out on me every chance she got. Yeah. Wow. Were you born in the States? No, I was born in Russia. 
Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Russia. Okay. Yep. Oh, yeah. I don't know. That doesn't really change anything, but for some yeah. reason, that makes it sound more exotic. Mm, this is not exotic. This it's is not exotic. This is just uh, American family going to Russia to adopt a kid because they got an offer. Uh, it yeah. was nothing more than a random accident for them. Do you uh, do you remember the first time you started thinking about killing yourself? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Third, grade, right. third grade shattered my idea of reality. It was, it sucked. What happened then? Do you remember? Like, was there specific things that happened that were really like? Yeah, the, the year was awful. It was an absolute dumpster fire for me. I was going to the public school for our county in our area. And my adoptive parents have one biological son and two adoptive children. Me and my sister, who are not related, she was from one part of Russia. I was from another. She was a baby. I was almost nine. So after second grade, my because my dad sent my brother to a Catholic school. It was Immaculate Heart of Mary or something like that. And so they decided to put me and my sister in there. My sister did fine. I did not. It mm. was the worst experience I have had. I have, I failed everything along that year. And even when I tried my hardest to appease that psychopath of a teacher, I, she still failed me. Me and her didn't get along. Me and the district and me and the school didn't get along. I am not religious by any means. Mm. whatsoever i fool me once shame on you fool me twice shame on me you tried with the easter bunny and the tooth fairy i'm good right. buck stops there which i'm not comparing those app this isn't apples to apples but i don't hey. religion's not me so that year even my biological parents were not biological my adoptive parents um it's a little fuzzy but they started taking out all the failures on me and everything was just one failure after another and i couldn't appease anybody when the whole world feels like it's against you why fight it at 10 years old especially yeah of mm -hmm. course yeah that was and then it just you know after that year i went back to the public school that we were going to and things kind of leveled out but the trauma endured in that third grade year and that's when we discovered that i had severe allergies and almost died in third grade over an asthma attack yeah, not biologically gifted, unfortunately. Um, so after that, the seed was planted is what would be a great analogy for this. The seed of there's nothing more to this than this was right. submitted and it started to grow pretty profusely. Then after nothing took that damage away from before I got adopted and after that year it was like no set in stones almost mm -hmm. yeah and the can't get foundation was built and it was solid yeah sounds like it yeah you had said earlier uh i think you mentioned the word that people think it's selfish i bring that up because i often ask what are myths around it you've brought up some without me directly asking it what are the myths around all this stuff Talking to someone about suicide or asking that they feel suicidal will encourage their attempts. That's not really how that works. Mm -hmm. Or that suicide attempts or deaths happen without warning. No, there's plenty of warning. We try to communicate, but no one wants to listen. They don't they don't want to. They just yeah. it's like you said, it's taboo. It's against the human nature. They it's just crazy, but yeah. The suicide attempt survivors won't try it again. Like, no, this isn't something that you can just 
you know, sweep under the rug and pretend it never happened. This is an ongoing battle that you deal with every single day for the benefit of others. Unfortunately, yeah. not for yourself. You know what you want to do and you know how to do it. I mean, that's one thing I know I will not fail. I know the solution. It's just waiting it out. And will it be more justifiable if my parents are dead and my sister and my brother, I don't know, disown me or exile me? Would that be an ideal scenario? I don't know. But unfortunately, I'll never know. I have to stick around because they are forcing me to. If you tell them all they want to do is help. Everybody wants to help. And then they're going to just send you to a hospital. Yeah, where you accrue your own sexy amount of bills that Correct. the system incurs on you. It's like, wow, wow, this is a fantastic solution to my problem. You're just pouring gasoline on the biggest fire you've ever seen. It's astounding. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. We don't really have answers. Um, and we do the like people just think that that's the thing or that's the thing. And it's eh, maybe for some it is. They keep for some it's not solutions. Yeah. I mean, some problems just don't have a solution. We don't like you can't that. Fix everything. And you need right. to deal with that. Some answers are just unavailable. Despite not wanting to do this because of what you just shared about your, your family. How often are you thinking about it? Every day. Every day. It's almost insane and psychotic more than often feels like a really nice remedy. For some people, it's like drinking a cup of coffee in the morning. But to me, knowing that there's a way out and I can see it and know how to get there is enough to say, all right, I don't care how shitty this day is. If it gets too bad, there's a solution. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's enough. And it is, it's like a warm blanket. It feels really good. And when you get to that edge, I mean, whether it be endorphins and serotonin finally giving you what you've been looking for for most of your life anyways, but take the chemicals aside, the freedom and release that you get from even the idea is more than satisfying. It feels, it's calming, it's peaceful. I don't know how to articulate this and whether anyone else feels even remotely the same or appalled or pulsed or nausea, blah, 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 blah. human beings are tragedies. Yeah. It's uh, it's an ongoing everyday experience. It's not yeah. something you can just put in the closet, take it out every time you feel sad. It's something that you wear every day. Are there artists or authors that you resonate with or that resonate with you? No, absolutely not. None. None. No, it's yeah. classic Russian authors. Nothing, not a nothing. I, I mean, I may be born from Russia, but I have no, yeah, I, get I, it. I have nothing. No, no, and less, less so because you were born there, more because of the sort of I don't know what the word is. You know, there's this sort of stereotype about Russians. No, no, no. The, the way you share your views on the world, the way you exist in the world, there's a sort of depth and almost like a heaviness that I think you do see in certain areas, uh, li literature produced from places like Russia. Why that is, I don't know. No. You know. It's not light and soft and it's, you know, that's that's the sort of uh, thing that, that they do over there. I have no idea why, but uh, that's not your jam. No, 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 no. I'm very grounded in my own delusions, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what else you want to say, man? Um, I'm all ears. There's so much to say. I just, again, it's scratching the surface. There's even through all the, 
survivor's stories, my stories, your future sure. stories. There's just, there's no way to justify this process. I mean, no one's going to listen to this or maybe, maybe no one, no one, no one's a broad stroke of this. Knows, yeah. Bond, but they're not going to be like, Oh, okay. I get it. I can see where they're coming from. Yeah. Go on ahead. Shit. You feel sad? Oh my God. Well, what are you waiting for, man? You know, it's all going to be misconstrued and we all have our own interpretations. Everyone can read the same book and walk away with their own ideals. And whatever. It's just not something that you can clearly cut. And unfortunately, not a whole lot of people to share this with. <laughs> if you do, not necessarily going to be interpreted the way you expect them to or want them to. Unfortunately, you're just at a disadvantage. This like suicide's a lose-lose situation. Nobody wins. Yeah. Maybe that's the real sadness of it all. This are you in? A, are you involved in any uh, groups? No, no. Facebook groups in no, which? Oh no, no like social media whatsoever. Nothing. Nothing. Ah, God, no. I am not going to live vicariously through everyone else's experiences, and I think social media is we're really detaching from each other. We live online, you know. Yeah. We don't we don't do anything anymore? We don't experience anything anymore. We all live vicariously through media, entertainments. Video games, movies, it's so hard to go outside and see anybody actually walking around. Not that COVID had anything to do with it. We were already starting to kind of separate long before that happened. It was just another expediting factor to the inevitable or to where we are now. So, no, no, I, I don't know. I'm, like I said, very much isolated to my own mm -hmm. world. I don't like social media. It's weird. It feels artificial, fabricated. Everyone on there is a there's no way. I mean, we don't even know who we are some of the times. We want to believe, though. You know, we all have this artificial line that we draw in the sand that we'll never cross. And somewhere along the line, that line disappears. And all of a sudden, you're like, shit, how did I get here? I thought yeah. I was stronger than we're stronger. That's a funny word to me. But I thought I was, you know, never going to get to this point. But here we are. I don't know. There's not a whole lot to contribute or add on to that. It's just, when is this going to happen? I don't even know. I'd like it to be, you know, as soon as possible, but you're going to start a fire that you'll have no part of, but I've seen the damage it causes around me. I've had family members lose their children young and they have never been the same. Yeah. Yeah. You take, you take a part away from them that you can never give back. I mean, do you, do you sometimes hope? hope like when you're driving or like whatever you're doing that you just get killed it'd be a justifiable way to go and people will accept that and be sad and they're like okay well at least he didn't do it to himself right that's fine yeah that's fine and the guilt that it's involved you know like my adoptive parents they went through all the trouble and spent all that money the guilt is astronomical it's like wow but if i could trade with anybody else in the world i would i'd happily give this life to somebody who wants to live it but ultimately we're all going to end up in the same place. It's like, if you can tell me that you can take anything materialistic with you bet, dude, <laughs> all the money in the world, man, you think you can take that to the grave with you for real. Crazy. Cincinnati red, Cincinnati Bengals care. Uh, nope. Okay. No, I'm not a sports activist. I, yeah. Like I said, I'm very withdrawn from the world. There's not much to invest in it. And, 
I vetted you a little bit. Bald, get bold, right? Uh, and you are experienced and you are adventurous and you're getting something out of this. You yeah. Know, as much as you are doing your part to try to understand and comprehend and figure out a way to articulate this to somebody else in the same shoes, maybe you say, but maybe you don't, but at least you have the foundation, the grounding, the yeah. stories, and hopefully the future knowledge and experience to try to talk him off the cliff, if you will. But you've chosen a very taboo niche. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be a lot of upset people because of the way we are. Unfortunately, we don't like this. I mean, it's a very self-selected audience, right? So most people that listen, they're a certain breed, so to speak. Yes, they um, are. The great majority of feedback I get is for lack of a better way of ex- describing it positive, very few, a, a couple of people have, you know, reached out saying, you know, don't use this word, use that word, or you should have more of a trigger warning. Most people are like, cool, thanks for doing it. You know, yeah. so I don't really know what's going on out there. I don't get too much feedback. I'm, I'm good with what I'm doing. I know yeah, why absolutely. I'm doing it. And uh, I know my role and I'm sticking to it. So yeah, yeah but I, you're right. I get a lot out of it. Fuck yeah. It helps you. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I mean, listening to your podcast when it dropped on Spotify, I've been, I was looking for an outlet like that forever. I'm like, I just know there's other people out there yeah. that even have the slightest inclination of what I'm going through. You need to be there. You need to feel that robbed in this life. Like you got screwed genetically. There's so many other sperms that could have been me. I yeah. had to be the unlucky one to be fertilizing whatever, but like, that's one way to look at it. It was refreshing and it was insightful and it's like, okay, finally, you know, there's a group that's at least trying, but I don't know. Some of those groups of listeners or presenters are like, you know, this was almost impulsive. It was calculated, but I'm never going to do it again. Right. Something sparked in them that they wanted to continue and they want to continue until they can't continue anymore. I'm the latter. I, uh, I'm stuck. You're stuck. Hey man. I mean, I think of the people I talk to and I don't know how honest they are. I, I like to believe they're aware and honest. Some, it sounds like some are like you in that respect and others aren't, but there's also the overwhelming majority of people who never reach out. Yes. And they're out there. They mean they might probably don't know about the podcast, but even if they do, they're not reaching out. And so you can't, there's no way to gauge how many people are in that spot. It might be much larger than, you know, what I, I speak to people who are already willing and able to talk about it and reach out. And that's not like a lot of other people who might be like, fuck that. Yes. I'm not talking. I'm done. I'm just waiting to die and they're not going to talk about it. So I have no idea about it for sure. Like shame is just a word. It's the meaning that you attach to it. That's going to drive you nuts. Just like any other word in the dictionary. It's all about the meaning you put on that thing. You give it power, man. Like don't be ashamed. It's just words. What are they Mm going to do? I mean, most people are sensitive anymore, but you need to put that aside. You need to hear them out. You need to listen. You need to, you, if you want to know why you need to stop talking and listen to the why, man, like we're trying to tell you why, and you don't want to listen to it. Yeah. Like only after the fact, are you like curious? Mm. Oh, Oh, John, Jimmy's dead. What happened? <laughs> oh, why? I, we had no idea. Yep. Suicide note or not, that's not going to, fix the problem and it's certainly not going to make them feel better 
And there's not a note long enough in this world to explain what they were going through and how long mm-hmm. they were carrying it and how long they were dealing with it. It's just I often say, don't even don't even use the word you you know listen. That's just such a charge word that people don't understand. I just say, shut the fuck up. There you go. Like Be you're talking. Stop talking. Just stop talking. Let the person, if they choose, talk. I don't even use the word listen because there's like this. Whoa, well, what kind of listening? And I've got, but, but sh- no, 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 just shut it's, up. It sounds just like a man too. It sounds like you're telling them what to do. They don't want to hear that. Don't tell me to listen. Then there you go. That's a more blunt way of putting it. Just shut up. <laughs> uh, shut up is more like tangible or measurable. Like you either are not talking or you are talking. Listening is weird, right? Like, is he listening? Is he not? You don't know. Yeah. Just shut the fuck up. That's a starting point. As a starting point, just shut the fuck up. See what happens. You'd probably be surprised if you stay quiet long enough. Ironically, as he talks on his own podcast. Oh, no. by all means, it's your podcast. <laughs> it's good talk, man. I appreciate you reaching out and uh, and being so honest. You're a very straightforward person. So thank you for that. A good number of people, hopefully we hear this, will resonate with what you've shared because uh, it's not a common thing. I mean, I actually, let me go backtrack. It's not about common. It's just we don't talk about it, right? No, like we've talked we so know. It's good and almost refreshing. And it sucks that you're going through it, but that's not what this podcast is about. You are going through it. Save the platitudes. Thanks for sharing. Right. We're a dime a dozen, right? If I had a magic wand and I could say, I'm going to do this thing and Max, you're legitimately going to feel great. Sure, I would do it, but I can't. Nah, and so you are where you want it. Well, I'm just saying like, I, I don't want people to feel down so I can have a podcast. I just know there are people in that spot. It's like a veterinarian, right? Sure. There are going to be animals that get hurt. So I have this. Yeah. I, I want people to be suffering, but they are. I just need them to start reaching. Well, we as a society need to start hoping that they reach out. I mean, Ooh. like I said, therapists, they feed off you and they get paid for it. Maybe if we just as a society, as a whole starts, and maybe we are turning over a new leaf. I mean, shoot, if you did this podcast 10, 15 years ago, <laughs> absolutely, that'd be a dangerous time, man. But we are now, right? yeah, yeah. so we're now turning over maybe a new leaf and we're heading in the right direction. Yeah, I agree with that sometimes. And sometimes I think not really. It's mostly just it's talk and rhetoric and it's not really at all change, but maybe I'm wrong. Rhetoric, I don't- that is the best description of what we are doing a lot of it's rhetoric a lot of it Mm -hmm. around suicide Mm -hmm. prevention which of course i'm for rhetoric arguably well-intentioned people most of the time is actually preventing it i don't know if you could ever measure that but i do know that the numbers continue to rise now if people weren't doing anything maybe they would be rising much more rapidly so i'm not suggesting that all those efforts are for not they were probably doing good but We've, we're certainly not addressing some big stuff, no doubt. So in your opinion, I mean, where's the justification line lie? Is it better if people in my position in our situation, as it yeah. were, would it be more acceptable if they were homicidal maniacs and they were just lighting the world on fire? Maybe that would be an ideal circumstance for them to do what they want to do. But, mm-hmm. you know, if they're kind, soft, gentle, reserved, and they're just very passive and they're just going by through the wind. Why are they less able to do what they want to do to free themselves from the monotony versus, hey, I'm going to go crazy. I'm going to go nuts and go postal. Why? 
<laughs> we have very harsh punishments for people who do that as well. I mean, we don't look favorably upon it. So both are like very unaccepted. It's a complicated question, right? A lot of people go kill people. They've got all sorts of underlying issues. Yeah, if you're taking your own life, you're not taking somebody else's life. You're taking your life. Yes. And I'm, I come from a place, and this is not a necessarily a common or popular um, opinion, and I don't care. I want you to have a choice. You get, you get to choose what you do with your life. I do hope that if you take your life, you've given it thought and you know that this is the only way out. Your suffering is too great. Hopefully you're not doing it you know, impulsively mm-hmm. or in a moment of great despair, but I don't think it's typically that. Like you said earlier, people who are suffering with this are usually suffering for a long time. It's not just out of the blue because someone broke up with them. And it's very calculated. Right. And if so, if you've, you know, my best friend killed himself and I don't, I don't, this is years ago, but he was suffering for a long time. He made a decision. Now he had a gun. He was a cop. Did that come into play? Was it impulsive in that moment? Maybe I miss him. I wish he didn't do it. If it meant he could have lived happily or at least not miserably, but that's his choice. And that, doesn't not sit well with some people, but that's, I don't care. Right. You want to take your life. I don't want, yeah, it's your fucking life. No, am I, am I off on that? You're not. I just don't want to be on death row in order to die. I'd right. rather just, okay, I've reached my limits and yeah. I'll try to give my best explanation as to how I got there. And if you can't accept that, I'm sorry. Enjoy your life. Like you said, it's a choice. And it's maybe one of the few choices that we actually have. We, I mean, there are other options, sure. But I either make a choice to live and just keep indulging until cancer or a bus hits me or anything else happens to me that'll just explain it all away. Or why wait another 60, 70 years for my body to degrade on its own and <laughs> take me away? Well, like, what am I fighting here? What am I doing? And yeah, yes, there's a difference between someone in their teens Maybe sure. in their early childhood versus sure. somebody in their 80s, 90s, nope. 200s. There's this weird gray area where this middle ground between sad and selfish. I don't know. 28, it's kind of you're getting there. And once you hit 30, I mean, people just start looking at you in a weird way. It's like, okay, what are you doing with your life? Where are you on the ladder of success? What have you done? What is your accomplishment? What did you offer society from being alive? Yeah. If you've got nothing, it's like, uh, I guess, I don't know. I've got nothing to contribute. <laughs> Sorry. And is that a you know, good enough explanation? I doubt it. You know, I don't think there is a good enough explanation. There is no explanation. There's just, you made a decision. These are the consequences. Deal with them. Mm. Thanks, Pam. Absolutely. Thanks, Sean. I am, uh, for lack of a better word, glad that you're alive uh, selfishly so you could have joined me on this podcast. But other reasons, too. I'll leave it at that. All right, Max. I really appreciate it, bud. And, uh, and uh, hey, hang in, bro. Thanks, Mr. Wellington. All right, man. Take care. As always, thanks so much for listening and all of your support. Special thanks to Max up in Ohio. Thanks, Max. If you are a suicide attempt survivor and you'd like to share your story, I would love to talk. Please reach out. Hello at suicidenoted.com or on Facebook or Twitter at Suicide Noted. And remember, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rating or a review. It really helps people find this podcast and there are people 
that need to find this podcast. Thank you for that. That's all for episode number 72. Stay strong. Do the very best you can. I'll talk to you soon.